for tuning in to the Glossy Podcast. I'm your host, Jill Manoff, and today I sit down with Brenda Berger, co-CEO of intimate and sleepwear brand, Hanky Panky. This year, the brand is celebrating 35 years of its iconic lace thong. I wanted to ask Brenda about the brand's direction from here, plus how it's preparing for this week's mega shopping holiday. Welcome, Brenda. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for joining. So hanky panky, more than just thongs now. Tell me all about the brand for those who don't know it well. Well, Hanky Panky is most known for its iconic thong, the 4811, but we also have a host of other options, full panties. We make cotton products, sleepwear, daywear, and we have been a brand that has been around for 44 years. Even before the thong. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, I guess, I mean, the thong itself, that's what you're best known for. Like you said, is that still the majority of your sales? What percentage of your sales is it driving these days? Well, the thong is certainly the, the hero product. It is still today our number one style. Every day I look at our D to C channel sales and it's always up there right at the top. And it represents well over 60% of our business. Well, you're newer to the brand, which you started in 2019 ahead of the pandemic and before the world went wild. Um, Was this rebrand that rolled out this year, was that your first order of business? Tell me about that. Well, first, um, a little course correction. I was at Hanky Panky for nine years as the head of sales and marketing. And then I left and uh, came back in 2019 as the co-CEO. So the The brand was definitely, um, I was very familiar. So I came in in 2019 prepared, or at least with the foundation of what what the brand and the business was all about. And the rebrand conversation did start in 2019. We really um, saw Hanky Panky as beginning a new chapter. So you had the founding years, and then we call it 2.0, really, which is um, when the thong was designed in 1986. Then we had 3.0, which was the Wall Street Journal front page article, which really put the thong into the, you know, into, I guess, more on everyone's radar, um, whether it was they were in the intimates business or not. So that was a huge moment for us. And so we said now, 20 years later, um, we're in a new chapter. And so part of that was how do we refresh, um, keeping the strong heritage of our brand and how it's recognized with our stacked logo, but make the changes that really represent this next journey. And so we started the conversations in 2019. We began the conversations with our customer about how she saw us, what she thought of us in early 2020, and then, you know, the pandemic. Um, but I would say that we we didn't stop. We continued to have the conversations. We continued to do the workshops. We continued to work with our agency all through the pandemic, you know, so that by the time we needed to launch and execute, we were ready at the beginning, you know, mid-2021. Okay, that makes perfect sense. So, Tell me why it now felt like, or 2019 felt like the the right time to come back to the brand. What what made you come back? I know you were at Happy Socks for a bit. You have this amazing uh, career, I guess, in basics and under things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I for me, um, certainly, I have always stayed in touch with so many of the team members and the co founders of the brand. 
And, you know, they came to me ready for, you know, a change in their leadership, wanting more support. And, you know, during the time that I was here in the sales and marketing role, um, we grew a lot. And I think having someone come in that understands your values and understands the brand just seemed like an easier lift. And for me, it was such an exciting opportunity um, to come back uh, in a new role and to be involved in the entire, you know, 360 life cycle of the of the business. Yes. Well, before we dig deep into this rebrand, let's talk this week and what's happening. Um, Black Friday, are you discounting? Is this typical of what's happening? What, what's your promotion that we're going to see this week? Sure. Well, we certainly are offering. Um, we have planned out our deals far more than we ever have in the sense of really having to look at what, what do we have in stock? What can we offer? Um, and what is going to be meaningful for the customer? So the preparation has been done. We've certainly reviewed it, looked at it, made sure the inventory is in the warehouse, prepared our warehouse, and we're doing some exciting deals, whether it's with fabrications that customers normally may not try. We're hoping that they will try some of our new products. And um, we have something new every single day. So we had a great Black Friday last year. There's a lot to anniversary, um, but we feel pretty confident in the trajectory of our business. And um, certainly a lot of our partners are also doing the same. So we're excited. Yes, getting your inventory ready. How far in advance did you have to work to ensure that was there? I, you know, <laughs> the good thing is we are manufactured in the USA, even our fabrics, um, but certainly there have been challenges. So I would say that we started planning last year um, already, as soon as it ended, to say, you know, where, where do we want to be? And then we have been working down to, you know, products being received in right now. We need it to be turned around, get on the shelves. They have their stations set up, but it's been months of preparation. Yes, because of the inventory issues. Are there um, usually kind of holiday sets or holiday theme sets? Is that too risky this year? We're hearing that kind of from beauty brands. You know, we we tend to, uh, you know, our assortment is really about what we're known for in great colors and prints. Where the holiday themes come in really is predominantly on the packaging. And even that really can transition and can be gifted throughout the year. So we, we do have prints that are holiday specific. Those won't be part of the Black Friday sale. Um, but for us, it's pretty consistent with fabrications and all year round. Did you extend your promotion period this year? Nope. We're anniversarying exactly the same as we did last year. Okay, great. Yeah. Gosh, tell me about the importance of Q4 for the, for the annual projections and goals. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, we're pretty even throughout the year, but of course there's a, there's an important lift in Q4. Um, so I would say that we're on target, we're excited and it represents, uh, you know, I would say around 30% of our total business. So it's not heavily skewed versus sock business, which tended to be very heavily skewed into Q4. We're pretty thrilled that we have a consistent, even business with a nice lift um, with Black Friday and holiday gift giving. Right on. I feel like a great thong is a great stocking stuffer. <laughs> that <laughs> is so sense. true. Yes, absolutely. We <laughs> have we, one size that fits all. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. We get stories all the time of, of course, stocking stuffers, Easter baskets. Um, even when you have dinner parties of putting the thong on, you know, as a, 
an ornament on the plate. So we love to hear how our thong is being used and gifted. It's, it is an easy gift and you can feel pretty safe giving it. Was your marketing strategy uh, different this year? Were you paying attention to new channels like TikTok? Uh, how did that evolve? The marketing for mix, holiday specifically. Go ahead. For holiday specifically, um, I will say that we we are looking at how can we better tell the stories of our core products. Um, we have tended to, you know, at times we, we're on all channels. TikTok, not as much yet. Um, small presence, but really Instagram, of course, and we're we're seeing a nice lift with affiliates. And that might really be that we changed, uh, we, we enhanced the partnership that we had and focused on it in a new way. It was a bit underserved. So that's been a nice surprise. Um, and certainly some very basic um, improvements from SEO um, to just, you know, of course, the new website that we launched in mid-year um, is just a much better user experience and a more personalized journey. So all of those things, more than than switching or changing our marketing mix, how can we tell a new customer um, what we are really good at and then how to keep the new customer engaged um, and continue to surprise and delight her? That's great. Well, let's talk about let now. Let's dig into the rebrand. Let's talk about that new website. Uh, more seamless, more bells and whistles. What are the big changes there? Well, we changed platforms, so that was certainly very important. Um, and it was then from there that created a better user experience. We wanted to be able to tell more stories, and we weren't able to do that on the other website. And so on the other platform. And so now we're, we're here and it's already definite improvement. Um, you know, I would say that we have in terms of new customers, a 40% lift. Our demand is much stronger. Conversion rate since we've changed to the new platform is up 30%. So I think there was some low hanging fruit that was just available by replatforming, ensuring that we are we launched a new, the part of the rebrand was what we're calling the cult of comfort. And it's a platform that we, it's yet to be still so much to be developed, but having real women and our fans talk about why they love the brand and, and us sharing more about how we develop a quality product. Um, you know, there's just a lot of assumptions uh, about the product, but we don't, we don't share um, all the details and all the work that goes into creating what's a very tiny scrap of fabric, but an incredible long lasting garment garments. Tell me more about this cult of comfort platform. This is more like a, like a blog or um, this is profiles of customers. What, what's the content there? Well, it's still in development, but it is on the website and it's about using real women wearing our product, fans of the product. And um, so that's, you know, certainly a diverse diversity across size, age, um, all sorts of options there. And we want the customer to be able to share her stories. So we're starting to tell ours on the website under the cult of comfort. And it's going, it, that term really came out of interviewing so many women as we were starting the rebrand and working with the agency. And what did they keep hearing was that I love this product so much. It's so comfortable. Um, it's beautiful. I feel feminine, but that 
is the obsession. And so I keep buying them. And then, then the conversation turned to how women collect them. And then they'd show us their underwear drawer and it was filled with colors and prints and fabrications. And it's really that saying that moment of when I get up in the morning, you know, what do I want to wear? How do I want to feel? And we want women to feel supported. We want them to feel great on their journey um, throughout the day. And so from that, we coined the term cult of comfort and it's, we're st it's just in its infancy stages, but it's really about harnessing our fan base and letting them who are already, you know, probably were our number one and still the number one marketers of our brand, because it has always been word of mouth and sharing. And it's only recently that we became, I guess, much more corporate in our uh, marketing mix. Yes. Well, what is working best, I guess, as a touch point with the customers? Where are these conversations happening and you're you're finding these women with these great hanky-panky stories? Well, I I think I would say that one of the reasons why I came back is that there is such a great feeling every time you meet someone and say, I work at Hanky Panky and they get so excited and have to pull down their pants to show you that they're wearing it um, or the opportunity that they don't know it. And you, you know, the excitement of getting to say, I am confident that we have a panty that is going to make you feel great and you are going to, um, it's going to last a long time and you're going to want to wear it. So I think what's working and how we found these women were all word of mouth. I, I mean, I think a friend of a friend of a mother's sister, it just, there was an endless supply of women of all ages, all sizes, willing to talk, willing to share their obsession, and why they love the brand. Nice. You mentioned also telling the hanky-panky story on this platform. Um, prior to this, uh, do you think that your customer knew anything? Like, obviously, every brand wants a history and a rich history. And you guys launched in 1977. You're not some some newbie to the market. Uh, yeah. How crucial is it for you to get that story out there? And what was happening prior? Well, I'll start with the second question. What was happening prior was word of mouth, very much we're an omni-channel business, but wholesale has always been the predominant um, business channel. So it was dependent on the retailers who did a great job, specialty, online, department stores, our international distribution partners all worked with um, you know, how they wanted to market the brand um, with our approval. But we were very much focused on our craftsmanship and getting the product you know, quality, color, design um, out to the customer. And then, you know, about 10 years ago with the launch of our own website, even then I would say the focus was still on how do we let others tell our story? So do I think the customer um, knows our story, knows what we put into making a, a thong, making a thong in the United States of America, millions of units? No, I don't think they know it. And I think it's an exciting opportunity for us to share more of, of what we put into each little item that we ship out the door. Tell me about the importance of remaining made in USA. Um, is that, has that been a struggle in the last year and a half or that has that worked to your advantage? Can it be both? I think it yeah. can be both. Yeah. Um, I would say that, you know, for 43 years, 100% was manufactured in the USA. And it's extremely important to us because, um, you know, the, the company was founded um, when Gail gifted Lita a handkerchief set. 
upcycling was the foundation of what we do. And part of the importance um, for the co-founders in being manufactured in the USA is that you control your carbon footprint, you control the quality, you know who's making the product under fair conditions, and we're involved. We visit the factories all the time. We visit the dye houses. We, I cannot, I still remain in awe of all that it takes to produce a thong, um, let alone the other wonderful products that we offer. So, you know, in the last year, has it been difficult to remain 100%? Absolutely. But it's also been an advantage because if we've had, it's been more of a fabric source issue than it has been, you know, the wonderful contractors and suppliers that we work with. So a small, less than 5% of our production has been um, produced in North America, but not in the United States. And um, it remains a priority for us. We're going to take a quick break. Stay with us. Tell me about, you mentioned wholesale and how that's been um, driving your business, retail partners, um, for a long, long time. Um, Is that... Kind of, you know, people are buying underwear when when the time seems, they, they grab it. It's not maybe, not always a planned purchase, I would think. Um, but yeah, is is a wide, um, casting a wide net kind of the name of the game um, in your world? Or are you trying to pull back there at all? Our retail partners have done an incredible job uh, of putting our brand out there. And really, I think the customer has to have multiple touch points. And I totally agree that when the moment strikes and you need a new product, a new underwear, um, that's one of the great things about the way we launched our wrapped thong because it made it available in apparel stores. Um, whereas, you know, not, ev- not everyone wants to go to a lingerie department, you know, and that was before, you know, it was so easy to buy online. So I would say that we like to be in a lot of places, but the right places we are, you know, in the upper tier of a price point when it comes to product. Um, but I, I think that we, we want to be where the customer is. We want to continue with our partners. I would say that it's more that the balance and the shift to um, the focus of our marketing content storytelling, we're now taking more ownership of and placing it on our our platform. Got it. Outside of your underwear, um, your sleepwear, other products, is that more direct to consumer? Are those retail partners picking up the full line? We have many that pick up almost the full line. Um, and and if if one isn't into our sleepwear portion, we have plenty of partners that are. So I would say it's really a mix. You never have anyone. We have such a breadth of SKUs um, that, you know, I think for us, what was great for our spring summer 2022 was having retailers say, this is a lot of hard decisions. I don't know what to cut. I only have so much open to buy. That's what we like to hear and not like to hear. So that's the great thing about having a, you know, a website, um, a platform where we can put all of our products up for the customer to find. That just calls to mind. Is is Amazon a partner? Does that work for you? I just hear a lot Mm -hmm. that brands put basic styles there as kind of to lure people into their greater assortment on their own site. Anyway, anything Mm. similar happening with you guys? You know, we... This was definitely fortunate that we started on Amazon in March of 2020. So right when the pandemic hit, we managed oh, wow. to make it in through the door and uh, get uh, get started on Amazon, which was still considered essential. So um, we, as a business, had to close down our warehouse. So we couldn't ship out anything. And as the orders were piling up, we were very glad that we had made the decision to 
open a shop on Amazon um, because again, if the customer is there and she wants to add some underwear, we want to be there. And we have, we don't offer the full assortment. Um, you know, we're still learning. What does she buy on Amazon? What is she looking for there? Um, maybe more convenience, multi-packs um, perform very well versus what she comes to our website for, which is, um, you know, more storytelling, finding product, finding new product. So um, that's been the difference, but growing very quickly and certainly um, the, it, it has been incredible to see the response. Great. Well, Further category expansion. Can we expect that? Or what's what's the cadence mm-hmm. there for rolling out newness, I guess? Well, we have a couple of exciting things for 2022 and, and more. I shouldn't just say a couple. First and foremost, we are launching a new lace, which we have not done in over 35 years in, in oh, a wow. big way. So this for us was really another part of the rebrand. And the lace program is called Daily Lace. And it's really about um, having a choice of what you wear on a daily basis. And there's um, some interesting marketing that I'm really excited that will go behind it when it launches in February of 2022. And then taking that further, um, we are launching bras in fall of 2022. So if I had to say, what does everyone always say? When are you going to have bras? I mean, we have soft bralettes, which of course, during the pandemic, it's not news to you, has grown exponentially for us, um, but there's still that desire to have something more structured, um, you know, more supportive. So we are very excited as our, our customers and our retailers that we are using our new lace to inform a bra program. Is there new demand for an underwire? Is there an underwire? <laughs> there is an underwire. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I was wondering if it was coming back. <laughs> I have yet to go there, but we'll, we'll see post-pandemic. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but tell me about Hanky Panky stores. As you expand your assortment and want to, like you said on your site, um, showcase the full the full lifestyle, the full brand, um, are you eyeing more, more stores, physical retail? Well, yes, we don't have any uh, yet, but we absolutely are. And again, probably second or third on the survey says, when are you going to have a retail store? Because we do want to talk to her directly. Um, we, it's, there's so many choices and so many fits. And um, for us, it's really important that she knows what's best for her because we have so many options and we would love to have that face-to-face uh, contact with our customer. So hopefully um, we're eyeing it and stay tuned for more news. Great. Well, what's working now, I guess, in this crazy year to acquire customers? Um, Is it those wholesale partners or where, where are you picking them up? Well, you know, of course, online with our digital marketing strategy, um, we we have a new agency. So we're certainly seeing her come in through organic search, paid search, social is developing nicely for us and, and, and affiliates. And then uh, we continue to uh, leverage the, the power of our retail partners. They continue to share, they continue to promote. Um, certainly we're all... Um, have our hanky panky customer in view for Black Friday and all year round. So it's it's all working. It's about balancing it, and um, certainly you know some areas are highlighted. But as we get better at our storytelling, I think um, we'll we'll see some new developments. 
Yeah, you mentioned social and digital. Is um, anything, I guess, most compelling? Are you guys leading further into video right now? That will be next year. We have some, okay. but it's certainly, you know, that that, that demand for content um, as we dealt with COVID and then supply chain and just demand that far exceeded um, what anyone could, what, what we projected, we, I don't want to say we put marketing you know, as a focus, it is definitely in a focus now, but how we develop content and, and react to and, and develop this cult of comfort, that's really going to be seen more in 2022. Great. Will that mean, um, again, you mentioned an agency you're working with, will that be, mean maybe more partners or putting more money there? Um, are you bringing new hires on board not for content and otherwise to, to evolve the business? Yes. Yes. So it's been exciting. We have a new head of um, marketing, brand and digital. Um, that's five weeks in the work. We're hiring more team members, really uh, very much a focus on developing our brand and digital marketing. And so how the spend in, in reaction to some of the changes um, that are that are happening in on Facebook, Instagram, iOS 14, all of those decisions um, and how we play with our spend um, we'll be in reaction to what's working, not working, and we're paying very close attention on a daily basis. Hey, are you at the office now? Is Hanky Panky at the office? We are at the office in a hybrid. I'm at the office right now. Um, <laughs> so we we have a staggered um, you know, team. Pretty much, I would say most of the team is here on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And um, we did also move to a new office during the pandemic, so that was also exciting. Our it was a it was a year of big shifts, and so we're in a new place. We love it. It's got lots of windows and greenery, and so we're we have a hybrid model. So it's two to three days a week in the office, the rest at home. Okay, great, and it's been pretty smooth. It is working for you, yeah. It's great. You know, I think for us, we have a lot of uh, a lot of team members that. You know, they're cutting, they're sewing, you know, they're relaxing our fabric, they're checking it. They have to be in the office every day. So for us um, and for the executive team and leaders throughout the organization, coming in two to three days a week um, is not only a, a signal of solidarity with our, our team members, but we like it. We like being together. We like seeing each other face to face, even with masks on. And um, certainly, I, I would say across, we, we've taken surveys, we've talked to everyone. We really like this hybrid model. Nice. That's where everything, we're going to go hybrid. I feel like that's where it's at. So tell me the brand secret to longevity. <laughs> if you had to say so, I mean, as every brand, you know, we've seen some brands come and go in the last year. That's for sure. Yeah. I would say conscious craftsmanship. We, we really have always put women first. What, how does she feel? Will this garment fit her properly? How is she going to feel at the end of the day? And that has been, the, to, in my view, the secret to longevity. We've also ensured that the company is profitable every year. And uh, that is something that has been true since the founders found the company. So I think that this idea of, it's really important to invest in, in people, in marketing, um, in your brand, in your business. But at the end of the day, if, if you're not profitable, um, you won't be here. And so they prioritized that over um, flashy advertisements at the time, um, really made conscious choice to say, I'm, I'm going to focus on how do I create 
a long-lasting garment that she will love to wear. She'll be, you know, really always come back for more. And that dedication is why we have the fan base that we do and, and why we continue to exceed expectations. Oh my gosh. I love that you mentioned the profitability. What can you tell me about the state of the company? Maybe um, are you back at 2019 levels? Did what, did you guys stay high up at 2020 in 2020? What, what's been the, I guess, yeah, the, the curve there? Well, I would say that if we did not have the supply chain issues that we had with raw materials this year, we would have had the best year in the company's history. So, oh, wow. you know, that for me, it's it's really when we look at the business we left on the table. Um, it was very disappointing, but on the other hand, um, it, it got us into action with a lot of um, proactive planning for future um, challenges. And we saw that the, the demand and the reliability. So, you know, that women knew that if they're going to be staying home and not wearing bras with wires and at home all day, they wanted to be comfortable. And she knows she can go to our drawer and she can have a comfortable garment. She can have a garment that's got print and color. So there's fun. You know, our, our tagline, one of our trademark tags, taglines is feel how comfortable sexy can be, but sexy being the definition of how she wants to feel about herself. And that is really, um, I think also been a driver. You might want to be in sweatpants all day. You want to be comfortable, but there is something great about knowing that you, you feel good about the choice you made, um, to, to wear your underwear. Yes. I love that you kept the word sexy in there. I feel like it's gotten a bad name, but I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> people yeah. want to feel sexy, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't agree more, but um, you know, there is, it is one of those words like, am I allowed to use it? Should we talk about it? Um, but it, you know, I, I think the meaning is, is ever evolving and it has always been at hanky panky, um, meaning how do I want to feel? What is my definition of, of sexy through, through my own gaze? Um, so yeah. And kind of speaking of the brand, how, where you've been going right, I guess, from day one, that the sizing and the, the inclusivity of it all, uh, are you leaning into that? We didn't talk about influencers at all, but maybe in terms of um, the, yeah, the, the, the partners in terms of people that you're, you're linking with to represent the brand or yeah, what's happening there? We absolutely do have a strong influencer program that we've recently brought in-house so that we're engaging directly and managing that. And with with the choices, you know, we have had um, lots of partnerships, collaborations, influencers, and our own campaigns. You know, we have a strong plus-size business. We also have a great petite business and everything in between. So it's really our goal to say, how can we make sure that we serve everyone and that everyone deserves to have a comfortable um, underwear experience and um, in particular, a great thong experience, no visible panty line, um, always feeling great about how you feel and look in your hanky-panky. Last question, 2022, we can expect maybe stores... Maybe new category. <laughs> mm-hmm. What what more can we expect? I think you can expect more storytelling and more commitment to understanding our customer and what else she wants from us. Well, excited to see the year in Hanky Panky. Brenda, happy holidays to you. Thank you for being here. Thank you. It was great to be here. That's all for this episode. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. Be sure to give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to The Glossy Podcast. See you next week.